1: Well hello, this is our first official podcast back in 2023, so I don't know how long you can get away with saying Happy New Year, but Happy New Year, and I'm very excited about this podcast because I've got the ever elusive and slightly reluctant (laughs) Tommy, a.k.a. uh, my boyfriend. We need to find like a better name than boyfriend, sounds a bit meh. But anyway, Tommy came on last year on Alf's first birthday, and we wanted to record on Alf's second birthday, which was a few days ago, but we just got back from holiday, and I think Alf allowed us two hours sleep before <laughs> Jet lag kicked in. Two and a half. Two and a half hours, yeah. So um, we were very, very tired. So uh, we were a few days late, but we're doing this in honour... Of Alfie turning two, and lots of you have asked lots of questions, which Tommy hasn't seen yet,
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> which I asked for a yeah. few days ago.
1: Tommy and I are very different because he <laughs> likes to prep things in advance, whereas I'm a very last minute person. But I gave I gave the to the point where
2: hour. to the point where I was wearing shorts about two minutes ago.
1: Yeah, Tommy didn't so know. Tommy up. didn't know I was um, also filming it. But um, And and getting the questions an hour in advance is actually very organised for me.
2: It is. I haven't read them, so we're yeah. off the cuff.
1: So, hello. Hello. <laughs> how are you? Pretty good. <laughs> um, I thought to start with, because obviously you came on a year ago, which, by the way, you can still listen to, we just have a little recap. recap. So, how would you summarize the last couple of years of being parents (laughs)
2: um it's hard to to capsulate in a short summary but it's been it's been a journey i think and i think the last few months in particular have been really rewarding and i've definitely seen a change in us and in the relationship we have with alf and the way that he's become more engaging and fun and um I feel like we've had a bit more autonomy back again and a lot more fun and a lot more
1: can't wait to ruin it with a second
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but no I've loved it I've loved I've loved it all the highs the lows the sleepless nights the you mornings have not that
1: is a lie you have not loved the
2: sleepless nights no but it's, it seems a long time ago now like the 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 times when it was you know really tough in the first year that seems like a distant memory now. Mm. It's funny how things just you move on and you adapt and you get your freedom back a bit more. And then now we're about to do it all again. So... <laughs>
1: yeah, this is, this is what I would say. I would say the last... I'm not going to say the last year because I feel like the last year has been up and down, but I've definitely enjoyed it more since he turned one. I think since yeah. he turned one, it's got better and better. Although I would say I love the first like three months but
2: we were in lockdown as well so we we didn't have that that support and we didn't have that freedom that we would have now to go out and you know to do things as a family we were stuck inside quite a lot do
1: you know what i think the big thing was though and i think this would be a case for lots of new parents whether you're in lockdown a lot that for me personally the biggest hurdle was like the resentment because actually at the beginning i remember just feeling so like bitter <laughs> of like how much I felt like was on me because obviously Af was breastfeeding. So sadly you don't have boobs, especially not lactating ones. And so even if you try to do help in the night, really he just needed milk and boobs and you couldn't help with that. He yeah. didn't take a bottle. So I think that was the hardest thing as a couple because we had to like learn how to like deal with, Essentially, oh. me hating you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the hardest thing for me was the that the middle of the night periods when it's like you've just gone to sleep, and then they they wake you up an hour or two hours afterwards, and you're not you're not yourself. You, you say things that you regret, or you don't you don't act the way that you would act in the day, and then that obviously that can cause friction. And that that for me that's been a learning experience and, and period is like sometimes like just not saying what you want to say in the middle of the night and and just being closer together as a couple and a, a unit. I think that's super important and that's taking time to, to, to learn and develop.
1: Do you know what? I would say that our the hardest thing is definitely the sleep deprivation because i feel like at the beginning with Alf, we went into it it's like we know there's going to be sleepless nights but we're in it together and how hard can it be and probably like the first i mean for four months i I slept sitting upright didn't i yeah i was just so like i just didn't want to put him down and i was like the sleepless nights are worth it and then i feel like four or five months in the adrenaline kind of goes and you and it fit because at the beginning i was like sleepless nights I'll be fine because I am a DJ and I have hardly need any sleep but I didn't realise that when you're DJing or partying you can you can like mong out on Sunday day, yeah. to recover and recuperate whereas it felt a little bit like talk. I mean it literally is a form of torture isn't it in like What's the prison where all the... Bay. Bay. They use it as a form of torture. So they literally will, as soon as you go to sleep, they keep waking you up. And there has been moments, even in the last... Like, Don't the scare day.
2: people that much.
1: <laughs> no, but some people might not have to deal with sleep deprivation. No, I think well. it, it
2: just, every baby's different, right? And my friends have had babies since we've had babies. And they seem to have a, a slightly different experience to us. Some have had similar, some are worse, some are better... Everyone's different, but we've always been lucky with Alf that he's always been super healthy and and happy. And, you know, he's just the best little dude. He's just got a lot of energy like me and he doesn't want to sleep that much. And I didn't as a baby. Although last
1: night he slept from... And I slept. We both slept from 7.30 p.m. until 6 a.m., which for (laughs) us is like, that's got to be one of the best nights. So I feel like maybe we're on... I say we're on the up, but it's not linear, is it? Like we thought we thought sleep was better and then he went through a few months of three AMs. But your original advice is, yeah, don't don't say things in the heat of the night. I would say the only times that we really argue is about sleep.
2: Or when I'd take pictures of you.
1: <laughs> that, that's because that's because he takes some really
2: bad. No, I don't. <laughs> I hate it. And, anyway, there's no winner there. Maybe,
1: maybe not. <laughs> so, basically, lots of people have brought um, in questions, and I've tried to kind of organise it so it flows a little bit. So, for you, what has been the hardest thing about becoming a dad? And um, do you ever worry about not being a good dad? Because quite a few people said that their partners always kind of question themselves about whether they're a good dad or not.
2: I would say I've never worried about being a bad dad. I've always thought that that would I I would be a good dad. And I, you know, I take a lot of pride in being the best dad I can be. The, the thing that you most adapt to is probably like the the freedom piece. So pre-children, you know, you chose what you wanted to do, when you wanted to do it, how you wanted to do it. Um that's that changes completely obviously when you have children and and I guess adapting to that would probably be the most tricky part. But that said, like it's funny how you adapt and evolve. And I can't imagine life without him now. So the whole like I wouldn't say there's there's anything's been the most difficult thing. Probably like just that change in like your day to day and and having that freedom to do what you want when you want. But equally, like I love. Exploring with Alfie now and taking him out, and he's got to the age where I can do that more. Yeah, he's, been he's not upset. reliant on you. Like he can come out with me for a few hours. We can go to the park. We can when we're on holiday. We can we can explore the beaches and and play together for hours. And it's it's wicked. What would you say the hardest thing is?
1: I would say similar to you is like I think because everything happened for us so quickly. So I very much went from yeah being single be like and as you know as I was so I. headstrong yeah yeah no yeah okay we both were from being single to moving in living together under lockdown to, and but I was very like miss independent wasn't yeah, I I mean I'm still are. independent but I, I think how quickly everything moved from single to relationship to living together to having a baby I'd say I spent the first like I mean, I would even say two years, like it's only recent, like I'd say only until Christmas where instead of like being resentful about the fact that I can't do what I want when I want, I was a bit, it feels a bit more like a distant dream now. So for example, even the flight when we went on holiday, instead of being like, Oh, normally I'd be able to binge watch a film or I kind of just went into it of like, okay, this is, this is going to be hard. And actually I was pleasantly surprised because he was really good and Yeah, like you said, he's getting uh, like to an age where he he gives a lot more back and you can actually do things. So like if you – I don't know whether it's going for a walk or going to the park, he actually wants to do things and do things with you as opposed to like – you're pushing him on a swing and him just like sitting there like a lump, and you're like, oh, This is really boring, but yeah. am I meant to pretend it's fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd say that's been the hardest thing of just like that complete lifestyle shift. But then when you look back, there's obviously lots of amazing memories in between there. So maybe going into having the second baby, like number one, our lives already changed so much, but you can feel like even through like lots of the monotony, there's like really precious moments.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure there's probably people listening who are in, you know, been in relationships for a short amount of time and have find themselves having a baby like we did. And it was it all very, very quick. Wasn't it? It was like, you know, we met locked down, had a baby two years later, number two's around. And it's like, wow, moved to a new area, new house. Yeah. Although Um, lots of
1: my friends who've been in relationships for a long period of time, also, like, yeah, everyone—it's it's
2: challenging, of course.
1: What's your favorite thing about each other's parenting? I love how fun you are with Alf because I feel like I'm more like—well, I don't think I'm that fun. <laughs> I like to like do the learning and the the like nurturing, whereas you come in and you like throw him around and tickle him, and you can tell that he loves like when Daddy comes into the room because it's like a new energy.
2: Yeah, no, I think you're. He's, he's obviously, like, so intelligent. It's ridiculous. I know he,
1: everyone says that about their kid, by the way, but, like, he's so clever.
2: He's, <laughs> he's, he's more intelligent than me already. He's, um yeah, I think I think he's obviously got your thirst for learning and what I love about your parenting is how patient you are with him. You've always been patient with him and I've never seen you lose your call with him once, um, which is mad. It, you know, when we are on holiday and he was crying at three in the morning and I was walking around um the beach at half three I even lost my cool a little bit with him and felt so guilty afterwards but I've never seen you do that yeah it's funny
1: because I'd say that I'm quite an impatient person but with him I do have this like weird you
2: scare me (laughs) you're like I'm I'm a pretty chill dude like I'm a bit internal optimist you know I'm like kindness to me is such an important trait, and,
1: Wait, and no, you
2: are super kind <laughs> and like being patient with people. But I would say I'm more patient in general. Whereas yeah. with Alfie, I've never seen you lose your your call or or stress or shout at him. Which I, is, I
1: think it's just remembering incredible. Incredible. that it's they're not doing anything wrong or naughty. Like even if, and also it's like when you know when we got back from holiday. And you like lost your call a bit with him because you were like both so tired and you woke up after two hours and obviously we have been on a long flight. And I remember being like, we chose to take him out the time zone so we can't be mad at him. Yeah, of course. But um, yeah. What, what advice would you give for new parents? I find this one quite a hard question because obviously everyone's journey is so unique. A, because like, circumstances and relationships and setups are different but also babies are so different aren't
2: they yeah i think just being honest and communicate communication is so important that's probably the, the biggest thing that the times when we argued or disagreed is when we haven't communicated how we feel that we should approach the situation or how we how we think we should parent in this in that particular situation so i think communication is so important and, and giving each other that time that that other person needs on a daily basis so you know for me i just need like half an hour a day to go for a run or exercise or just have some tommy time and i'm good So i'm a better dad's better husband better better person around. and i know that you're you're similar you need that time to I yourself need that alone time you need your alone time whether you need to sleep or nap um sleep or nap like when, it, when i
1: do other things yeah no, but yeah, yeah but. i'm heavily pregnant right now <laughs> yeah exactly you're like i exercise and actually <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> whenever
2: you want to eat your cake or your crisps i don't even like it i'm joking um so so yeah i would say that is communication is the most important and supporting each other and i think especially for dads especially in the earlier days is just doing everything around the house that you know, we, we can't, the feeding and, and, you know, the baby's naturally going to gravitate to mum. Whereas I'm like Cinderella around the house, cooking, cleaning, tiling up round after you, you know, that's, that's <laughs> my job, whatever wrap to keep the house in a good place. And I'm happy with that.
1: Yeah, I feel like that is like, I'd say like the biggest advice is the communication. And I remember like in the early days, it was like not necessarily weekly, like we'd have a meeting, but we'd be like, what can we do? Like, I remember you saying, what more can I do? Mm. And like, what do we need from each other? But even like as down to as much as like intimacy, like I think a lot of couples shy away from being honest about how they feel, especially if, you know, you're a mom and you're recovering postnatally. There is that sort of like, imaginary I don't even know who made it or where it came from Of like six weeks and you will be healed and that certainly wasn't the case for me and I think like just being open about how you feel with all of that makes
2: I think it's a big thing as well like trying to get that r- romance and intimacy together between each other when you have the opportunity to so whether that's like a date night once a month for, we haven't done that. No, we've done we've
1: we've, in like three or
2: four. Days. No, we've done a few. We've done a few. Like we're very fortunate. Of, like the support network that we have around us. Like when my parents have stayed over, or, or yeah. you know, we've had the chance to go for dinner. You know, we've done that several times or a weekend away. within a couple of times. So important. Like it just brings you back as a couple rather than just parents. But obviously, that's all dependent on your network.
1: This is a question that I got from someone um, who said her husband finds parenting a chore and expects or wants her to do it all. How does she help him? <laughs> I, my response is going to be very I was different. I'll be
2: like divorced. <laughs> I'm saying quiet.
1: I would just say like parenting is it's a commitment on both sides. So you know, there's huge parts of parenting that I find a chore. Like I'm not naturally good at. Like the cooking, there's so putting them to bed, like so many parts that I'm like, ugh, boring. But you can like work together on like you know, you quite like doing bedtime now,
2: don't you? So I think it's just working through like what you're good at and what your natural strengths are, and then and then sort of getting in a routine of it. Like I I like putting Alfie to bed and doing his bath time every night if I can. I think in the past year, you probably I could probably count the times on my hand when you've done it. Yeah, but I do um, it for 365 days at the beginning. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, so I, I like that. And then I don't mind, you know, the mornings most of the time and then we'll swap or we'll take it in turns. Okay. I can't relate to someone who, who calls it a chore, like it's hard, like it course parenting is hard. Um, and going to work for me is is like a wellness retreat. Yeah. <laughs> and then you come home and it's like, bang. Yeah. Um, But I would never say it's a chore. It's difficult, it's hard. You know, me and my friends talk about this a lot, but it's still like, I still miss him when I come home. Like I I wanna get home as fast as I can to see him, spend time with him and on the weekends. And now he's got to an age where he's just more funner and, and, and we can do things together as father, son. Even um, like with
1: all his words and like he wants to interact with you, doesn't he? Like at the moment, he's got all these little like people and toy animals and he brings them up to me and goes like, Ee-y-y-y. and he wants me to sing on McDonald's. And if I like hold up the cow, then he does the cow and the moo moo moo. Yeah. So it feels less like you're just sort of like, <laughs> yeah, maybe on one way entertainment.
2: Maybe that dad just, it's just, I'd just say to that dad, keep going, mate. Stay strong. It, it gets better. And it it would, won't feel like a chore eventually.
1: And I would say, to the wife just remember like it's not your job any more than it is his job like you both decided to have children so
2: yeah um. all right stay strong mate
1: <laughs> let's move on because we've talked a lot about kind of like recaps but let's go back to birth the question was what was the hardest thing about watching your partner deal with birth trauma so i did, what was it like for you being in the birth but also kind of like coping with the like aftermath of i, I guess physically and mentally me with recovering from birth
2: yeah i think i read obviously a couple of books and a couple of my pals have had babies a few years before but i would never spoken to them about the actual birth and i feel like this is very much a taboo subject that people guys don't really speak to each other about what actually happens what actually go, the woman goes through so that was it was an emotional roller coaster for me. Like, you know, I knew I knew how much pain you were going through, and how seeing the trauma that you were going through, and you know, I told I told you I had to take a little time out just before because it was just all got a bit too much for me but for me i mean there's, there's nothing i i can do really like apart from being there to support you and comfort you i, I kept saying trying to talk to you and you were like no shut up go away, <laughs> stop saying it's gonna be all right no i think because you're like you're nearly there you're
1: nearly you're
2: there. there yeah yeah, like, yeah that was it fuck off, I'm yeah. not nearly
1: there. stop saying that because i was trying to zone out can we swear
2: to the podcast? um yeah i mean yeah we yeah. can swear okay mum's a word that the hardest part was that that unknown and nothing can prepare you for it, but equally like, wow, what an experience. And
1: How do you feel now that we're about to have another one? Like, how, would you go into birth? I know that obviously the first one was much more predictable because it was a vaginal birth. This one's hopefully, unless she comes early, going to be much more sort of regimented and, you know, we'll know the time, <laughs> the date, but how do you feel about going into birth the second time?
2: Yeah, I think the whole experience is different. You're going in previously cold and unknown and it's this huge, of course, it's a massive event, but I think with the the fact that we've gone through it already, now with the second one, the fact that we know that it's hopefully going to be a C-section, then it's a different experience. And I think like, you know, where you spoke about it about going before to a hotel and having dinner together and go, hopefully going in on the day and having it on that day and then having to know that you're going to stay overnight and it's a, it's a lot different whereas before it was very much like middle of the night shit this is it now nah, let's go have i packed the bag how do we get there have we got everything ready okay then we get there and it's like wow okay we're here for a long time i haven't slept for two days and then bang, banged his little baby wow he, he, looks, blue. he looks blue <laughs> is this is our baby i would still um,
1: be like open-minded idea that there could still be like lots of variables that could go wrong.
2: Yeah, of course. Of course. But I think we're more prepared now and um we have benefit of hindsight and, and experience that we didn't have previously. So I'm 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 a lot more optimistic and a lot more prepared, I think. Mm-hmm. Um just looking forward to being a, a girl dad.
1: How are you feeling about having a daughter? And do you think you'll parent her differently to Alf?
2: Um, maybe if you ask me that in the, in a year or so, we'll be doing it same time, same place oh next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't
1: know. Next year we'll have to do one for Al's birthday and for her birthday, so you'll be on twice a year, oh, shift.
2: Okay, brilliant. Um, no, I'm 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 really excited to be a, a girl dad. I think. I think so lucky that we've got one of each, and 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 I think Alfie is it's funny when you look at Alfie. he's very much like a hybrid between me and you i think a lot of his personality traits is very much yours Sorry about that. <laughs> um, every time i walk in the room no more daddy <laughs> go away daddy um whereas i feel like little little girl you know maybe she's a bit more like me and i'm excited to see that and how her personality evolves and yeah i, I can't wait
1: I think I'll be pretty like adamant that they won't be parented too differently. I mean, <laughs> with, with Alf, I've been really like conscious of the fact that you know, if he wants a pink doll, he can have a pink doll. That um, you know, he's got lots of little books about women and strong women. So I feel like I'll make a point even with her to bring her up in a. Environment where she knows that she can be anything she wants to be, even if they are like traditionally male-dominated roles. You know, like I want them both to feel like their sex or their gender isn't isn't better or worse, or you know, isn't going to hold them back from anything. And in the case of Alf, it's like, you know, nurturing his sensitivity. And in the case of her, I'm I'm certain that she's going to be really boisterous. I feel like just like her movements in my tummy, like she's much more like. Yeah. Lots of questions around the fact that how did we feel ready to have (laughs) two?
2: I I don't think you're necessarily ever like you're never going to be perfectly ready for having a baby at one, two, three, four. I think we just, it just, 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 well, yeah, two, two, we're good with two, two's good. Um, It just sort of naturally happened. And we, we, we always liked the idea of having two. And um, I know how much you wanted a little girl. So, but I had
1: to also know that I was trying again with the idea that we only wanted two and it might be another boy, which I, I was actually more at peace with that than how much it was like a hard thing for me to get my head around having a boy, which obviously now I couldn't imagine not having Alf. But yeah, um, I
2: thought we'd always have two boys. I'm still, it still hasn't really sunk in that we were having a girl.
1: Yeah, to be fair, like it's, I'm still, a it'll bit be like, surreal. Like I, with Alf, we named him pretty much from 10 weeks and he was always out whereas <clears throat> her we, I, like, I still refer to her as baby girl and we're still like not really agreeing
2: potentially got to a name
1: potentially got a name I think I didn't necessarily feel ready to have two but definitely for the first year I was like what the hell have I done how would anybody want more than one because it's so full-on and intense and obviously you're going through so much like identity shift and I miss my friends and being able to travel and then I think it was as we, yeah, like you said, as you get a bit more autonomy back, you're, you kind of see the light through it. So even though I know that we're like going back into the trenches to an extent, like you, I, I yeah. thought a little bit more about like, well, where do we see things in five years or 10 yeah. years? And I loved the thought of him having a sibling and I love the thought of like being able to take them out to like fun things and the fact they'll be able to play with each other. But, I know I definitely went through like a stage for a few months where I was like, do I want another one? Do I not want another one? And I was almost like working myself up about it. And then, yeah, thinking, okay, I remember saying to you, I had like the natural cycles app, didn't I? And I was like, if we're going to, I'm fertile now, if we're going to do it, I feel like we should just get it out of the way. Cause and yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I like the idea of having a busy household forever. And I like the idea of, uh always entertaining and and having people in our house and filling it with like experiences and and good times and having the fact that Al's now going to have a sister and then that she'll have friends and then he'll have friends and having them all come together and going traveling and adventures and doing that as a four that really excites me and I think you know the first couple of years are obviously really tough but then to the point where we got now with Alfie, where it's just it's just so much fun and it's just a different experience to get both of them in that in that stage together, and Alfie can be a, a big brother and look after his little sister, and you know we can do all these things together, and that really excites me. And you know stages pass, like you know tough times pass. Time is your ally at the end of the day, and I think we we are very fortunate that we've got you know these these two that are very close together that. I think in the next five, ten years are just gonna be so much fun.
1: I hope so. I would say a part of my decision making and having another, um, and obviously everyone's different, was that I know that we could afford the like the help, knowing that okay, we can get through childcare mm. and have that autonomy and for me to be able to go back to work, that was like a big, a big thing for me as well. Um, otherwise maybe we would have had to have waited a bit longer.
2: Yeah, my mom and dad waited four years between us, I think four years after me because I was that bad. Um, <laughs> sorry, dad. But yeah, no, two years, done. Now we've just, right, let's get through it. And yeah. then. Um,
1: and, um, and also soon, yeah. after the, after I recover from childbirth this time, I can have corrective surgery from my first birth, which is exciting. So I feel like I can almost like get my body back after kind of giving it up to someone else for so many years, which is also like comes with lots of benefits. Like I loved breastfeeding, um, although it will be like interesting to get my, my mindset back into that, sort of
0: like giving up my autonomy to an extent.
3: That's BlueNile.com.
1: Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts friends of mine and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. Do you think there's anything that we do differently to support me in the newborn days?
2: It's probably a question for you.
1: I feel like we actually like kind of smashed it. I mean, luckily the Euros isn't on this time <laughs> Because <of the> <laughs> Tommy George was like, "Can I go with my mates and watch Euros?" And I didn't want to be a dick and be like, "No." But I remember feeling
2: that was a good roller coaster. I went to pretty much every game.
1: Yeah, and I remember feeling really pissed—not pissed off, because I was like, objectively, yes, of course you deserve to go watch like the football which you love with your mates, but subjectively I was like oh, I used to have fun and I remember like it'd be really sunny days and you'd just like but I
2: would always there. I would always graft to get yeah. to get to that game before and I'd always make sure there was someone there with you to support you whether it's my mum my sister my, my family or your friends I'd never leave you on your own I think that's the most important thing especially for dads and and, and um, guys is like make sure you do your due diligence like plan ahead for for if you're going to watch a football match Plan ahead, get reinforcements in.
1: And there were actually a few times when mentally I wasn't okay. Like do you remember you were meant to go to the rugby and I was like
2: Had my top on had my yeah, gear literally
1: on. ready to leave. And I honestly was like, I'm scared to be like, on my own today.
2: It's not worth it. Because
1: my friend was meant to come round and she cancelled, didn't she? And I was I, I said to Tommy, I was like I, honest like my I was in a really dark place then and I was like, I can't be on my own all day. Like, yeah. So you were like Top off. (laughs) Dad hat back on. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like we are more prepared for the newborn days. Like, number one, obviously, it's not lockdown, so we can have a bit more support. But because I'm doing the C section, like you have two weeks off with paternity, then your mum's coming to stay. Potentially, my mum might come and stay for a couple of weeks. So, you know, we are.
2: I think it's a bit like when people go on holiday. And you you get back from holiday off, say you have a, a week or two weeks off and then you're like, shit, what do I do for work again? Like, how do I, how do I do this? And then after like two or three days, it just comes back. And I feel like the newborn stage this time will be very much, it's been so long, but once we bring her back and we sort of settle into the first few days, then it's it'll start, things will start coming back to me.
1: But also like we just got to go with the flow because ultimately you can be really pragmatic and be like, we're going to do it this way, this way, this way, but she might be different. Also, she might have like colic or, you know, there's so many, I feel like you you can plan to an extent, but really until they're there, there's not that much that you can do. But one unsolicited advice I would give is like definitely go see a cranial osteopath for them if they're like you know if they they seem very unsettled because that made such a difference with Alf and I'm definitely going to do it with baby girl like even if you just go once they're like magicians yeah um do we feel guilty on Alf having another baby i would say no like i feel like how lucky that he gets to have a sibling
2: yeah i, I think so too i think it's funny that you like you love this little person so much and then you think how can i love anyone more than this little dude and then, obviously, when she's she's here, I'm sure it all all change and we'll love her just as much. But it's yeah, that is something I've I thought about. Like you, you spend all your time and focus and love and attention on this one little person, and then another one comes, and it's like, wow, how do you repeat that? How do you replicate that? Um, but like you said, I'm sure I'm soon as as soon as she's here, and as soon as like Alf sees her, and I'm I'm very interested to see the, the, the dynamic between those two.
1: I think it's and also what? being a. Because we had, like, we had Snoop, obviously, my dog, uh, our dog. Um, R-I-P. So, and. <laughs>
2: don't say that. I'm joking. He's, he's, up, now, north, he's up north. Parents, he's up my north. My he's up my north. <laughs>
1: and he's literally changed their life. I oh, can't believe no, said that.
2: That's not funny. I'm sorry.
1: Um. Yeah, so we were really conscious when Alf came into the house of, like, making sure Snoop still had that same attention. And I feel like it'll be similar with Alf. Like, you know, you you don't want them to feel in any way neglected. So whether it's like tag teaming, obviously I'll be fairly limited at the beginning because of recovery, but it's like, yeah, having that time doing their favorite things, maybe like you taking them out to the Gruffalo Trail or to football or whatever it is so that they never feel resentful that the baby is coming along, like it's not taking away their love. But equally, I feel particularly sensitive about making sure she gets the same sort of love and attention that Alf did, because I was like the second child and um yeah I think girl so I want to make sure that she always feels like as loved and wanted as Alf and
2: um of course and I think especially with the the second one it just means that me and Alfie will have probably even a stronger bond and a stronger relationship because naturally he's going to be spending more time with me while you're spending more time with baby girl you know and I, my friends who are in the similar situation with two you definitely see it now more that 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 they are spending more time with their firstborn if it's a boy or whatever um and having that closer bond that closer relationship and doing more things together and then that giving you more time to to spend time with with the little girl what are you most nervous about having two just how it's gonna affect our day-to-day so you know when you when you're in a car or when you're on public transport or when you're doing things as a one and it can be stressful when you've got the bags and the prams and, and you
1: can kind of just pick them
2: up yeah. if you need to. And- Whereas that bringing in two is just obviously getting out of the house in general with a kid is it's, it takes forever, but now having two, I'm just more yeah logistically like how is that going to affect everything how is that going to change things I don't think I'm nervous though I, I think I'm excited about the challenge and like what it's going to bring and how we're going to adapt to it and
1: yeah and I feel like even though obviously it will be more more work it, like we're already doing bath time bedtime, meal times like I don't know, I feel like we're we're already kind of in it. So yes, I'm sure it's gonna be a lot harder. And I and again, it probably depends on her temperament and like if she is a good sleeper or if she's like healthy. I think I'm most nervous about going back into the trenches of like the feeding and the sleep and the but equally we're more realistic about it and because we're not in lockdown, we can get support. Like I'm sure if I rang your mum and I was like, please come stay for a few days. She always would if she could. And I to say that's the thing as well, like if you do have anyone, whether it's like a friend or uh, you know, in laws, parents, whoever it might be, that don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think yeah, mad- yeah, imagine if baby girl is literally a mini you. Mm.
1: <laughs> do you think I'd <laughs> nervous? Mm.
2: Would you if change started- anything with the sleep?
1: Well I-, I definitely wouldn't do quite out. No. Okay. And like I you
2: know that. I know that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um do you know what I feel like with Alf I did everything instinctively. So I always followed my gut and my instinct no matter what anyone around me was doing and I think I'll do the same. Well, I know I'll do the same with baby girl and that might lead to different outcomes. Um I probably with Alf he, he would wake up like every 2 hours for literally a year. So I probably would um you Sleep know get fall. holistic help sooner. Yeah. But equally, I feel like you can't force it, and I love that we didn't really have a routine with Alf at the beginning because he was so small. I feel like you know when lots of our friends like didn't leave the house and were worrying about bedtimes, we would be like out and about. I remember like we walked around Richmond Park, and I love the fact that he's always had his naps in the pram, so we've never really been like stuck to the house.
2: I think that's the nice thing about the newborn stage is that that unpredictability and like you don't have to stick to a strict regime or a strict routine like Alfie obviously now likes that routine of going, he knows when he's going to bed and having a bath and eating, et cetera. Whereas with, with the little one, you see it with my, with like Shane and T and the way that they will go out and, and, you know, go to pubs and restaurants and they can just you can strap baby girl on onto you and you don't have to follow that strict routine, but we couldn't necessarily do that at the start in lockdown. Um, and go out and enjoy things together with 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 Alfie because we were restricted. Whereas now I'm excited about you know what what can we do with baby girl that we couldn't do previously? Yeah. and What that's gonna open up and then involving Alfie with it all.
1: Also we are we're keeping Alfie, his um childminder where eventually she will go. So it's nice that, you know, he'll still have his routine in the day and it means that, you know, we get that sort of one on one time with her as well. So, um, yeah, we'll see if we do anything different, but a hundred percent I'll still follow my instinct, but I think, yeah, around the sleep, I would probably get like holistic help sooner. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I feel like, cause I I never planned to co-sleep. I did. I always said I didn't, I didn't have a set target on how long I would breastfeed for. I just do it for as long as I could or as long as felt right. And maybe this time will be different because obviously we're out of lockdown. A lot of my work, well, well, we'll just. We'll just have to see. Let's just kind of finish on our relationship. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> scary, but how do you say our relationship has like grown or changed now two years in?
2: I think it has definitely strengthened every single month. We've, we're learning more about each other, our idiosyncrasies, what what we need from a relationship and, and from uh, from a partner. And we just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And, and I think... I'm definitely. I'm just so. Sorry, I'm very proud of like what you've done and what you're doing and how you've become like the person you are. And I've seen you like evolve and change and grow and like yeah, as a parent, as a mother. Um, In what way? I think when we first met, it, you you'd obviously like, again, always super independent and you know, very much very driven and which are, which are all the traits that I loved about you. And for them, the, we did have those like frictions at the start. And I've obviously like locked down, having the baby, uh, a, a baby. And it was, there was difficulties. And, and, you know, I think over the last year two 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 and a half years, we've learned more about each other and we've developed more as a unit. And there's this, like a strong, we have such a strong bond now and you understand what makes me tick and vice versa. And, you know, I think we, we, we deal with issues a lot better together than we did previously. And we've, we've always been good at like communicating when those problems have bubbled up. So I feel like our relationship has grown so much. I still get you. I still like the, the look you gave me when I said that Snoop comment, which I regret straight away. Um, but I think, you know. I think like our relationship just keeps going from strength to strength, which is nice. And I think the fact that we've dealt with so much in such a short amount of time, what we've done together and the house that we built together. And I'm, you know, I'm really proud of that.
1: I would say, yeah, I think our relationship's grown in that it's learning what we need, which might not always be each other. So for example, like one of my goals this year is to see my friends more because I used to see my friends like three, four times a week. So obviously that means that you'd be like holding the fort more with at home, but in the same way.
2: Which is what I always encourage.
1: Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, it's grown because we're like getting to know what each other needs to be good partners and parents and people. Yeah. Do you miss getting full time and attention since we had kids? I never got it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, we met. Pretty early on, and you know, the first few months was amazing. And we obviously went away on holiday and we had lots of dates, and but our the friends were always a gigs. big part
1: of it as well, weren't they? Like, we'd have I'd have like my big dinner parties, and I'd say invite your friends, so yeah,
2: but that's just you know, we went for a global pandemic, and you know, everyone had to deal with those issues and challenges. But I think obviously, we, we had a baby really early on, and um. We had to adapt and change and yeah like you said like you said i think even if we have like half an hour an hour a day to ourselves it makes the world of the difference um i like you used to see my friends two three times a week obviously that changes as you get older and and you have responsibilities but i think it's so important giving each other that time to be able to do those things with your friends with family and supporting each other and you know, I love when you go away for for an evening or f- with your friends for the day. I'm more than happy having Alfie and I love having that time with him. And especially as he's got older, it's a lot easier. I think going back to that time of just like making time for each other. And I think you know we're very lucky that we have that support network where we can do things together we don't do it that much but i think this year i love we want to do it more
1: yeah i think right of course you can think like oh if we didn't have children like you know i would have loved to have like done more travelling yeah, together of course. and um but equally it's a bit like it's a bit like sliding doors isn't it it's like you wouldn't give up Al for and we are we are definitely getting much better at like making time for ourselves
2: and we've done, we've been really lucky that we have, have done yeah, some we have, cool like, done trips some this really year nice and last year.
1: And God, we were like, even this trip, Tommy's much more sensible than me. And I was like, we need to go credit card. It doesn't matter. Like, and yeah, like we have, I feel like we, you, now that we're kind of like past that sort of, that first year, like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel with like, you can do stuff with your kids
2: and I'm already planning ahead, like when we're in ten, fifteen years time, when we can do things on our own together, and they they're happy, they can stay here, and we can go travelling around, or bring them with us. And you know, that's that's something I'm really looking forward to.
1: What about uh, lots of questions about tips for stopping bickering and arguing? I do feel like no matter like, who
2: easy wife, you are, easy life, <laughs> just just either bite your tongue just like
1: no but that's not a healthy relationship yes, it is. no it's not like it's communication
2: communication obviously but there's times when that when you're not happy or you're frustrated and i've previously taken it personally and then we've started to argue or you know if you're not happy with maybe something stupid like me driving i'm in a wrong lane previously i might have like taken that personally and we've started an argument and then that spirals now i've learned to just stay quiet and just take it <laughs> and just, i just want an easy life so yeah, like, i
1: would say the same that yeah like it's like learning. that's taking
2: time to learn about each other yeah, and,
1: learning that like, like, you, you make
2: those mistakes and then if you, learn you think from it them.
1: do you have to say it and is it beneficial um i would say also know that every couple after kids will go through like a huge transition because it does like shift your relationship like whether you know even if you get through it and it's more positive and also there's amazing parts in even like as you're adapting as a couple like it is amazing to watch your partner like become a dad or a mom or whatever
2: every couple argues i don't care who you are every couple argues and bickers. it's about how you i think personally i think it's about how you deal how you come together after the argument and for me i've always been that one in the relationship to to put that first step or that first like yeah. That yeah. olive branch out yeah, for
1: Tommy because I I do not apologize. Yeah, I think so. you've apologized I'd, twice. I'd rather move house.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather. Whereas, like, I know that's my role and I'm I'm happy with that. I think you can only naturally be Perhaps angry. I'm never
1: Wrong.
2: Like I said, you can only be angry with someone for like ninety seconds max, and then it, you you recalculate and go go for a walk, get some fresh air, come back, and then start again, and just there's the like there's no point going to sleep angry with each other doesn't achieve anything obviously it's happened before but i think as we've got older and as we've developed together we're a lot better at that
1: yeah and i think it's yeah just having that understanding of what each other needs to be happy so obviously in tommy's case it's like having his tommy time to exercise or in my case or whatever that might be um and yeah communicating cuz like there's no point in harboring resentment when it could be like an easy conversation. And on that note, like another question was, how do you keep romance alive? And this person said her and her husband have become like roommates. And I would just say again, number one, if you read the, is it called the five love languages? But um, I think that's so interesting because I found it didn't just like improve a romantic relationship, but also friendships, family relationships. It's like understanding what love language people have. So for example, like Tommy's would be physical touch, whereas mine's probably like acts of service. And if you have different love languages, sometimes people can do things for you, but you don't appreciate that that's an act act of love if it's not the same one of of you. And I would also say like with romance, it doesn't have to just be like sex. It can be making a point to like give each other a morning kiss or give each other a hug or and like do something nice for each other you know whether that's like cooking dinner or you know whatever it might be within your limitations like if your if your partner's love language is like I can't remember what it's called but like giving gifts then it could be like getting a gift it doesn't have to be like anything expensive but I think it's just showing that you like care and respect for each other like have care and respect and to be honest like I hate this like, idea that to be in a happy relationship it, or to be romantic, it has to be sex. Because let's be honest, like, I, A, the woman is recovering from childbirth, especially if you're like breastfeeding after, like, the thought of having, you know, having baby on you all the time, tugging, pulling you, then having to be intimate, like, of course, you're not going to be in the mood. And then, like, for both sides, like, if you're sleep deprived, Like there's so much more important stuff than sex. So I feel like, you know, it's just A, communicating, but
2: also, yeah, like doing all those little things. Yeah, I think doing the little things is important. And, you know, there's times when you might have time on your own and you think something's going to happen and then you just pass out because you're that tired (laughs) and that's that's fine. But I think, like you said, the, the kissing in the morning or before you go to bed, telling each other you love them, you know, whether that's holding hands or physical touch or whatever it is, doing like things for them running a bath but then obviously just being patient like you know
1: well I feel like we've covered good ground are you have any any parting words
2: <laughs> um do, next do we have to do it next
1: time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah next next year we'll be doing it for his third birthday but we'll have to do it for her first birthday as well so you're okay. You're going to have to commit twice a year now. But, no, um, I've
2: enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on. I can't tell you how, how much convincing uh, this took. So hopefully you found it useful. Obviously, we are in no way experts, but um, yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed it. And if you have any questions or you want to get in touch then you can send a voice message for free on WhatsApp and um, you can do it anonymously if you want. And um, the number is 07599927537. And um, you can email me at wordpod at gmail.com. And of course, if you found this episode or just the podcast in general uh, interesting then leaving a review on apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen uh, really helps to spread the word and i'll be back with another episode same time same place but not with you <laughs> you're off the hook for a while thanks Sophie. um thank you so much and i'll speak to you next week